It's amazing how many business owners don't know their fucking financials. It's amazing. <laughs> Welcome to Carmali Exchange. I'm Faisal Carmali, and I'm really excited because today's show is 100% about learning from business owners, multiple business owners. I'm joined by Jan Jaffer, CVO of Trek Dental, Megan Cotterell, CEO and owner of Five Elements Martial Arts, and Robert Price, CEO and founder of Bode Canada. Welcome everyone. Thank you. All three of you have different businesses, and I would say different competitors. And so it could be dental clinic versus dental clinic, Jan. It could be martial arts studio and other sporting activities. And then it's your business versus, I would say, the realtor or the do-it-yourselfer. Like those are the different areas with competition changing in the environment, with competition changing because of this pandemic. How the heck do you guys still stay on top of your game? Well, I believe it, competition has gone up. A lot of businesses have gone out, especially in the dental area. We've seen a lot of clinics shut down. So I'll start with you, Jan. How does Track Dental compete with this new uh, environment that we're in? You know, we can't entice them to come through the door. All that stuff that you see driving down your streets, hey, new patient exam, get a free toothbrush. That's actually illegal in dentistry. Like they're okay. actually breaking the rules. And us being larger, 20 practices in Calgary, you know, People are looking at what we're doing, and if we make a mistake, they're going to try to find us because, you know, again, you're, you're, you're taking market share. And so we follow all the rules. We don't break any of them because we, we have more to lose if we do. Mm -hmm. And yet, by just doing it, you know, just focusing on the people, focusing on your clients, you know, not charging more, trying to figure out how to do it for less because dentistry has gotten, I believe, unaffordable. But we follow the fee guide, which puts us at the really lowest denominator for cost and yet provide the service and the technology that would be at the highest. And so that difference just brings us more people. And by getting more people, we're more successful. I mean, that's what we need. And for me, I like my hands in everything as long as the idea is the same. If I'm helping people, if I'm teaching martial arts, if I'm focusing on health and wellness and empowerment and confidence, I feel like my business will shine. And if I can look at unique ways to get out to the world, I will do that. And I've done it in a way where I feel like I'm projecting my real self. I can have long blonde hair and eyelashes and wear red lipstick and still win world titles and still teach giant fighters covered in tattoos that are twice my size. And then I can also, you know, provide different preschool opportunities and different opportunities to do multiple martial arts at the same time, which is very unique for what I do. So the more I focus on me and how to be better within my environment and within my staff and within my gym, the more I seem to be successful. I think business owners need to understand what's their differentiation amongst their competition, rivalries, other activities, whatever it may be. Some have to be disruptors. Rob, your business, and I called you the biggest disruptor in the city, if not the country, because this is taking a lot of individuals who had it easy. And there's a lot of realtors who just have to put up a shingle, talk to a few friends, and they can sell some property. And so knowing that you're a disruptor, knowing that you're pissing off some people, how do you stay competitive through all that? Yeah, very different to these two businesses. We are fiercely in a competition. So for us, we really focus on outcomes. And then we take these metrics and say on top of that, it's actually less time. Perception from the agents is this is really hard. You're too stupid. You know, taking that fear mongering that is has become quite aggressive and actually flipping that on its head where we say actually consumers 
are very intelligent mm -hmm. in Canada and around the world, especially people that can afford homes are typically very well educated. So we actually think people are smart. And if they're empowered with all the tools, technology, uh, data that they need, they're going to be more successful. Turns out they are. So we're not out to get agents. We're out to defend and empower consumers of which we believe about half the Canadian market really wants to do this. They've just never had the option. This being sell their property or buy a property without an agent. That's what we bring to the table. So it's passionately finding those people. And when they work with us, they're, they're pretty excited about the outcome. So that's where we really live. Over the last, let's call it 12 months, what's been the best way, we'll start with you, Jen, that you've been able to get new customers, new patients? Word of mouth. It's always been you know, the best way for us. Well, on this topic, we're actually, we're actually similar. Good old fashioned word of mouth. Definitely word of mouth, always. But actually over the last 12 months, it's been two big factors. I'm gonna tell my secret. Uh, search engine optimization has been a big one for me in making sure that my website and my social media was on point. And then showing more visuals and trying to convey the passion and the why we do what we do. I think in my business, people have a lot of preconceived ideas about what martial arts looks like, what training looks like, what the different disciplines look like. And so by actually showcasing my version of that in a video or in professional pictures, um, it's been capturing the essence of how I teach, where I teach, why I teach. And so there's less fear in, in joining something like martial arts. Similar to Megan on the SEO front, in our case, we democratize data and information where all our competitors are saying, give me a call, Jan, I'll hook you up. I'll give you my intellectual capital over the phone. In our world, it's here is all of the ways to think about selling your property. Here's the checklist. Here's the community data. Here's the sold data. Here's comparable algorithm. So by doing that and optimizing it, that creates a lot of SEO strength versus our competitors that have very little data, they have people. So that's a competitive advantage that we have that we've been more aggressively investing in because it also knocks on to an amazing customer experience. And community outreach and charity work. People like to see what you're doing for the community and how you're improving it and what you're giving back. And I mean, I love doing it, but now I've just been more um, showcasing it, yeah. I guess a little bit more than I used to. I used to be much more quiet about it. Yeah. And now I'm realized I can raise our money do more good, um, offer more scholarships. If I just talk about what I'm passionate about and the charities that I care about. You know, attracting people is about your brand. And you know, you talked about it and I, I think we could talk so much more about it, but it's the giving back piece that makes all the difference. We're now attracting people because of who we are. Whereas in the past, we just put out an ad, they'd come in and they'd be like, oh, okay, Trek Dental. Like they didn't know who Trek Dental was because our individual clinics have their own name. So you would never know walking into a clinic, whether it's really a part of Trek or not. We've started to leverage that a little bit and really leverage it with the social responsibility in the team. During this pandemic, and especially in countries like Canada and the United States, we have seen it become very challenging to, be, to get talent. Like it is hard to attract talent, but the pandemic was a blessing as well. I was able to see who was able to match my energy and how we were able to work together properly. And then the people that were like, this isn't for me anymore, this doesn't make me happy. And I'm like, yeah, I think my vision's changing. We're not aligning. They left. And then it gave me a chance to, to reevaluate what I wanted. And actually the new talent that I found have been like absolute unicorns. I kind of put out an ad that was unique where I didn't just have martial arts instruction, but I had 
being part of a team, building a business, working on different things within a martial arts studio that is a bit unorthodox. And they came almost exploratory to the business and were like, we're just really interested because we've never seen this before. And I actually asked them for their unicorn and rainbow, literally in those words, (laughs) write up of what their dream job within a martial arts studio looks like. Turns out we're totally aligned. Working in the mouth in a pandemic is really interesting because where does the bacteria come from? How do you transmit this disease or this COVID that we're dealing with? So how do you get people to come back to work is an interesting part and completely opposite to you. I mean, we have to show up physically to work. This whole like, you know, work from home, like, you know, split shift. It's impossible in dentistry. If you don't show up to work, you don't get paid. We had 98% of our team come back. We asked, what do you need from us to show up every day? They're looking for a safe work environment. They can come to work and they can be themselves Mm. and we'll respect them for who they are and we'll help train them to be the best they can be. We figure out what the market needs to be paid. Mm. We pay them. Then we do these like, we close the offices three days a year for team development. Mm -hmm. We do a retreat and they're not talking about dentistry. They're talking about health and wellness and stuff that'll make them better. And then we pay for one trip a year. So either they can go to Mexico with us or then go to Guatemala and help people and do free dentistry. Look at that. And so it's, those things that I think truly make the difference. For me, I don't have this in-person business like both of these are. So we started actually as a distributed model. We had no office for the first year. Uh, and then we were planning to move into this office right at the start of COVID. And so that all got complicated. But where we're going to settle out is two to three times a week. We'll plan to be in the office. I'll be there five times, but for everybody else, suggested that you'd come in two to three times a week, not mandatory, but encouraged. And I think that's actually where a lot of the world's going to end up on this topic is a healthy balance of time with your colleagues and beyond just, you know, grinding and working hard. It's the other casual and fun aspects of that. Mm -hmm. And I think that also creates a better balance on a lifestyle to work basis as well, because if you're happy in your personal life, you're going to be more productive and more fun at work as well. So I'll tell you my biggest frustration when I speak to individual business owners. If they want some advice or help, I ask them, give me your business plan and give me your financials. It's amazing how many business owners don't know their fucking financials. It's amazing. (laughs) How involved do you three get in your businesses? And we'll start with you, Megan, first when it comes to financials. How involved (laughs) do you get into, into the financial side of things? Well, I opened up my studio when I was 23. I was crap at my business plan. I was crap at my projections. I wasn't realistic. I like to be the eternal optimist, but I've learned from failing terribly that you can't and you need to have the cushion and you need to pay a lot of attention. I've had to have my business plan and my financials looked over with a fine tooth comb and hear a lot of things that I didn't want to hear. But I it's not you lot. that's getting into the, the, the nitty gritty. You're not looking at all the debits and credits of your- Yes, I am. You're doing it. Yes, I am. And also you, CFO. You're also the CFO. You're wearing that hat. I got lots CFO. of hats. Janitor, <laughs> like check in the, the sales and the debits and credits every single day. Like I have an app on my phone that I have to be careful because I will check it 17,000 times a day. <laughs> But it actually tracks every single student that comes into my business, every single email that comes into my business. So I'm getting so much information to keep track of my business. I know what my staff is doing all of the time. And I learned this because 
I assumed everyone would run my business the same way that I was and that I wanted, but they're not me. And they don't always think of the 2000 things that I'm thinking of all at once. And being business owners, I'm sure you're thinking of everything all of the time. For the first couple of years, so we're a two and a half year old company. I was, I was Megan, so I was also the CFO and handling all the specifics and all the debits and credits. I've uh, been hired a CFO about nine months ago and that one of the best decisions I've made so far completely turns me loose where I can focus on broad strategy and driving the business and be less intertwined and checking my phone 12,000 times a day. That's about <laughs> what I was doing as well. Yeah. So it's obviously changed over time, right? I mean, I was joined a family business. So my dad was the dentist. My mom was the office manager. And I was lucky that mom was the numbers person. Dad was the dentist. And together they created a great office. We just celebrated 41 years. And so mom was like, literally, she would, at the end of the day, like she didn't have an app 41 years ago, obviously, but write it down. And there'd be like red and green and like with a pen, like every single day. And then you start to grow. And I, you know, listening to you, it's like, okay, this is where we were. But like, if you're that involved every single day, you're going to go absolutely crazy. Bonkers you can't, for sure. you can't do it. And so that's where the trust comes in for your team. How often do you speak to your CFO? Like how involved do you get with, like the, taking that off your plate, huge, huge opportunity for you to have that vision, that focus. But now you've got somebody else that has their hands literally in the cookie jar. Yep. How much information do you get and how frequently do you get it? He sits in front of me, so he gets a tap on the shoulder about 12,000 times. <laughs> no, I- uh, Use your app. <laughs> he's fully now managing the whole financial picture for us, uh, which is great. We're always looking at, as investors are looking to come and, and be part of our journey, they ask good questions on you know this KPI for a marketplace like yours, that kind of model. These are the things that we value. So we're, we're constantly kind of working through and refining and picking the best performance indicators. Mm -hmm. It's a big mistake to have too many. Yep. So I'm a big believer in focusing on the right things will get you to the next level, like top five. We, we call them vital KPIs that we share amongst the team and with the board. And so our CFO, Reg, he and I are closely intertwined in terms of continually refine that strategy, but he's very much got the ball in terms of producing the numbers and the visuals and the analysis behind it. We are very diligent with budgets. We focus on creating the right budget, making sure that we have the right goals in place. We go through with the board every three months. That holds me accountable as the CEO to really deliver on that. Jen, going from one clinic to 20 clinics, the financials for each clinic, the financials for the broader or larger business as a whole. Holy shit, there's a lot of numbers you gotta go through. Do you have a CFO like like Bode Canada has? Like, How does it work for you? We brought on actually an accountant full time about seven, eight years ago, but technology changes everything. Mm -hmm. And so the platforms that we have, I mean, Zero, Pluto, HubDoc, like we can do everything electronically. So. You know, when we pay a bill, it goes from the bill software to the accounting software to the pay paying software, and I hit a button. And so any large bill that goes out, I still have to hit the button. So it can't go out without me. Yep. And I still process all the dividends myself to, to Wh anything. Why is that? Why are you putting your hands on that still? Just so I can keep track, right? Because literally just looking at a bank account, you can see if there's a problem going on. Yeah, You've been yeah. around long enough that you're like, something doesn't make sense. Yep. And so you have to understand it, but you have to try to let go. Because if you stay that far on top of it, I mean, yeah. you just can't survive. And then you can't grow the way you want to. So obviously 
from this conversation, we know I have some trust issues. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> it's uh, maybe some micromanaging control issues too. You know, let's throw it out there. I'm trying to work on that every day. You know, my name is Megan and I have issues. Now, all of you have relationships that you're involved in on a personal level as an entrepreneur and being so dedicated to what you do. How the hell do you balance your, your business life with your special person in your life. I'll start with you, Rob. I don't see work as life. I don't think that way. Uh, but then COVID kicks in and now it's just work because there's nothing else to do. Yeah. Um, so that was a, was a good test of the relationship. Turns out it was it's a good relationship because we made it through. But you have to go above and beyond and think even more about your impact on your significant other, I think. In my case, we are a mandatory service throughout COVID. So the moment that I could actually leave the house, I got out of the house. Mm-hmm. Um, that separation is healthier for me and also for our, our relationship, I think. It's interesting, you know, getting out of the house is important. And so even during COVID, I have an office outside the house. I went every single day. Because <laughs> if I wasn't, I've got a, well, almost two, almost four. Next week, they turn two and four. Yeah. Two little boys. Fun years. Yeah, it's fun years, but you can't, be at home and actually have that function. But I think you have to be intentional, right? And and it's interesting because people talk about a balance and it's actually like, it's the intentional imbalance because you have to be intentional about where the imbalances are going to be. Because you can't say you're balanced in life. I mean, I'm not gonna spend as much time with my wife as I do at work. I mean, I don't have 30 hours in a day, right? There's eight or nine hours at work and there's three or four at home and then you go to sleep. Yeah. And so you have to be okay with what that imbalance is gonna look like, but plan for it. You're getting a lot of sleep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I try, try to get do, better just out of and wake up at 6.30. So, you know, um, but it, it is interesting. And, and, you know, for me, the biggest challenge is putting my phone away. Yeah. You know, getting home and trying to intentionally, like, put my phone away. I'm still not great at it. I'll be honest. Do you set up date nights? Do you, like, do you set with intention things to do with your significant other? We, we try a little bit. I, yeah. I, we're not we're not fantastic. Because, again, I mean, you need to have somebody to then take care of your kids. And again, during COVID finding babysitters, my wife doesn't want a nanny. She likes to be at home. And so we've been doing a little bit better with it. It's hard. When I was a single mom for a long time though, I worked a lot and I worked multiple jobs to get my business off the ground and float it. But I always had date nights with my son and I always had, you know, special him and I trips that we could look forward to. You could see it on the calendar. So he was pretty patient about knowing mommy works. And when it comes to the partnership, what's interesting is he started taking martial arts. And he's doing really well. He's halfway to his black belt. Look at that. And he now sees my side of the business. And then I actually had to compromise and let him in. I had to let him in into seeing my business and my business plan. And so we can talk about it. But then he's let me in to all of his business endeavors too, because he's got some really amazing um, other so business like integration. I think it's just prioritizing it and then prioritizing how much I want my business to grow and how quickly and if that's worth missing the next 10 years of my life. It, it is definitely hard um, juggling everything that entrepreneurs have to do. I do a date night and I do a date night with my girls and my significant other. It just has to be that way. Uh, my date, uh, I go on a trip, a one-on-one with each of them. So I have two daughters. Each daughter gets a one-on-one trip with me. And then I also get a, a trip with my significant other. And so that way I have uninterrupted time to make connection because I cannot balance it all out. It's so hard. It is so hard. So thank you for that. Megan, Jen, Rob, thank you for joining me today. Thanks. Thanks. Pleasure. Thanks for having us. So this was an amazing experience for me because we had three different entrepreneurs, but they all had, I think, three things in common. The first one is focusing on their staff in the right people 
and taking care of their staff was the number one most common theme I got out of all three entrepreneurs. Number two is the customer experience. No matter how you grow your business, if it's word of mouth or online, it is the customer experience that's paramount to all three businesses, and in my opinion, every single business out there. And they all did something different. What you do different than everybody else is what separates you. If that could be who you provide services to, how you provide it, what technology you use. If you're not different, you're just the same as everybody else. So expect similar type of output. Basil, did you learn anything today you're gonna to apply to your business? You know, what, what I've learned about how I can apply my business is to make sure that I talk about how different we are than everybody else. I don't always do that in my business. I just assume that based on how we've communicated our value-added proposition, that that already shows itself. But I don't think we do as, as good of a job as we could, so I'm definitely gonna focus on that. I like the fact that I learned about, you know, rainbows and unicorns. If you could have any kind of job in this business, what would it be? That's a great question to ask uh, all of my staff members. And then on when it comes to my customers, making sure that they have the best experience because that's gonna separate me as well. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button for more from the Kermali Exchange and leave a comment to join the conversation. See you next time.